0: believe in yourself because know know that you're gonna you're gonna fail but you have to pick yourself up and keep going because that's part of the journey that's how you learn at the end of the day it's just nuts and bolts
1: you're listening to femcanic garage the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries a community that elevates empowers and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women i'm your host jamie Blossom. buckle up for the ride femcanics Femme I want to hear from you. I want to get your feedback, and I want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. I'm always interested in figuring out ways to make it better. You can leave your feedback by calling 614-636-2240. Again, that's 614-636-2240. Drop me a line, and who knows? You may hear yourself on the podcast. Jasmine Lawrence is in the driver's seat today. She turned her first wrench at 14 while working with her stepdad on his 1969 Dodge pickup truck. She graduated from high school in the top 10% of her class. And when she was in college, she decided to switch career paths from mechanical engineering to follow her passion as an automotive technician. She has been a career wrencher since 2010 and currently works at Audi full-time while she continues building the business she started in 2014 called Stiletto's Garage, a mobile automotive repair business. During this interview, she shares what it is like to be an African-American woman as an automotive technician. Sit back and enjoy this powerful interview. This is Jamie B. here with Femme Canic and I have Jasmine in the driver's seat today. How are you doing, Jasmine?
0: I'm doing fantastic, Jamie. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. I met Jasmine at the Women in Machine event in San Antonio back in March. You guys were rocking it out, and you're going to be hosting an event, a Women in Machine event down in Atlanta here in then, what, October?
0: Actually, we're going to postpone the Atlanta event till 2020. The final woman and machine will be in New England on July 14th.
1: That's right around the corner, July 14th, 2019. So if anyone's listening back next year, uh, keep an eye out for the most recent stuff. But that is really exciting. So let's get to know Jasmine a little bit. How did you get in the industry, my
0: friend? Oh, wow. So... When I was maybe 13, 14, I turned my first wrench. I actually started with my stepfather because he was a shade tree mechanic. But I was always into like taking things apart, putting them back together, figuring out how things work. I've always been fascinated by by how things work. So I, I fell in love with it early. I didn't pursue it professionally until my college years. I, I went to Mercy University to pursue mechanical engineering and then realized that that career path wasn't for me. It wasn't fulfilling for me. But yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it it started like, not to give my age away, (laughs) but it started (laughs) about two decades ago.
1: (laughs) It started when you were a young chap. Yes, yeah. So you went to college for it. Now, did you complete that? No, because again, I changed
0: my career path. So I transferred colleges. Um, I transferred colleges because... (sighs) At the time, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that I had other options. I I didn't think about entrepreneurship because my parents were, you know, just so big on education, which I get, I understand. But I didn't realize that there were other options for me. So I thought that engineering was my only choice, and I started dating a guy. His mom was an entrepreneur, and I'm giving you a a very brief summary of that part of, of that chapter of my life, but long story short i realized that okay there there's something there's another there's another option for me like entrepreneurship no one in my family owned a business so there was a lot that i didn't know and i decided to take that leap of faith and follow my passion follow my heart and i'm glad i did that but no to answer your question i did not i didn't graduate
1: follow your heart and following your heart was following your heart to what Auto repair. It
0: doesn't feel like work to me. Like I i feel good knowing that I'm helping solve a problem. I'm helping people in need. I, I love it. It's therapeutic for me. And I had an internship. I interned at uh, Cisco Systems, actually, it's a, a big company. I, I didn't like it. It just wasn't for me.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, i I mean, I don't have any regrets. I didn't graduate, but I don't have any regrets about that. I learned more and more about my trade daily.
1: Let's share with the listeners. Share with them what you do right now.
0: I do a number of things. (laughs) I am a mother first. I work, I have a full-time job. I work at Audi Atlanta. I work as a coordinator in the service department. So my full-time, you know, bread and butter is not turning wrenches right now. I had to take a step away because being a new mother, being a single mother in this trade it's it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just finding that balance. Like I, I could work for myself exclusively, but the thing is, if, you know, if my daughter is, isn't feeling well, well, I have to, I have to stop. I have to, my daughter, you know, her health comes first
1: Then mm-hmm. my health comes second. So it's just. What you would know. you share with other mothers in the automotive industry? Like if you were to go back to your younger self right your earlier self when you were t- what would you do differently would you do anything differently and what advice would you give those mothers out there or maybe a woman that doesn't have any children but is trying to navigate and have you know she's having those conversations with herself around okay i want to have children but i'm in this industry and i'm not quite sure how to navigate this what what would you share with them? Mm, I'm still figuring it out, Jamie. I don't hear. I struggle. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, <laughs> I feel it's, like- it's it's a challenge finding balance. I struggle with it. You know, finding time for myself, finding time for my friends. It's just time management, prioritizing, and and transparency. People appreciate the communication. It, I, I'm just not in a position where I can drop. Everything like mm-hmm. I was before. I I can't you know spend. I can't be in the shop until two three o'clock in the morning now, so I have to prioritize. You know I I won't take on more than I can handle. I have no problem with passing jobs off to
1: my colleagues friends in the automotive industry. It, it's an ongoing challenge, right? Absolutely. It, and, and I'm I'm with you, Jasmine. I'm I'm still trying to figure that out. You know yes. that how do you balance your passion project? and your desire to your day job where it's paying the bills to making sure that if you're in a relationship, maintaining that, and then also being there for your kids. And how do you juggle it all? I mean, the reality is, is if a man is in the industry and his wife is pregnant, his wife goes into labor, he's off for a few days, he goes back to work and Mm -hmm what, as a female, <laughs> There's is that really an an option? So I, different. Yeah, it's, it's different. <laughs> it's, it's a different type of navigation that we have to do around this. And yeah. we, we, Connie and I are at the Women in Automotive um, Conference right now. And we are, in talking with women here, it's so different. And there's actually some kids here.
2: Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure.
1: And there's women here who brought their kids and I'm, I'm sitting there. I've been to a lot of conferences. I've been in male dominated fields, just, just like you are Jasmine. And I'm sitting there looking around. It's like at those other male dominated fields, financial industry or whatever, right. You don't ever see kids there. And it was actually kind of cool.
2: I love it because that's, we're doing this for the kids.
1: Yes, we are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you have a daughter, right? Jasmine. Yes, I do. And how old is she? She'll be two in August. Two what a great age, (laughs) such a great age. And, you know, as, as mothers and as women, we want to be that role model for our children in the next generation. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And some, I don't know about you, Jasmine, but I feel lost (laughs) most of the time. And most of the time I feel like I'm failing at it. Yeah. It's hard, man. It's,
0: it's like, I want to, I would love to give young ladies, advice on how to how to overcome that I, I but I'm still figuring it out myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you sharing that struggle. right now, Jasmine?
1: Religion. Is powerful. Mm-hmm. And and that's where that's where I feel like we kind of do ourselves a disservice as a woman where and social media really God, it's so hard sometimes where if we go off of how our social, our lives look like on social media, (laughs) Mm. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, no, it it is, it is not that glamorous and not always great. Right. Mm. And you just saying that out loud gives other women permission to also feel that way and know, Hey, it's okay. We don't have to have this all figured out. So mm-hmm. kudos to you and thank you for being vulnerable. That, that's the real deal good stuff right there. And it's okay not to have it figured out.
0: Absolutely. And having a support system, a group of women that understands makes it easier.
1: It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It's the power in numbers and uplifting and helping each other. Mm-hmm. Now, Jasmine, you, you do some mobile repair too, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Talk a little bit about that. So I started
0: um, working as a mobile mechanic actually in 2010. So I've been doing it off and on since 2010. The first company I worked with, I mean, they took me in as an apprentice. Most of the vehicles that they serviced or repaired were Mercedes models and BMWs. Um, majority of my training have been on those manufacturers. But I keep the jobs that I do, like my mobile work, I only perform certain jobs. As a mobile mechanic, you know, at customers' homes and their jobs, I prefer to do the more labor-intensive work in a shop where I have access to a lift. I'm not trying to kill myself in someone's driveway. So, and the customers appreciate it because, you know, I'm not tying up their, their, uh, <laughs> tying up their, their driveway and their car is just sitting like half repaired right, right. <laughs> and they have to, they have to see up the, the, the progress in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, I just preferred, is it. just throw it up on the lift. I get it done a lot quicker. But I, my business, Stilettos, has been, I, I, I incorporated in 2014. So I've been in business off and on since
1: 2014. That's awesome. It, when, what was your main motivation for starting that business?
0: To be honest, to be honest um, I, I got frustrated with working at um, the independent shops. I was given the same jobs, the same types of jobs. And this is what I love to do. So I wanted to learn more about it. And I wanted to grow as a technician, but I couldn't because I was getting the same type of work.
1: Like oil changes or changing tires, like basic stuff. Yeah, the, the basic stuff. So, you know, of course
0: I've asked, I asked for the major jobs and, you know, like they would, they would slide me, you know, here and there, they'd slide me a car to during a week, but it just, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was growing enough. And so I decided to, to go off on my own, go out on my own. I mean, I knew people in automotive. I had friends and um, I would just call them randomly and ask what they were working on. And then, you know, I, I would join them, peek over their shoulders, offer a hand. And I was like, okay, I could do this on my own. I could start my own thing. I knew that by working for someone else, I was limited in my growth. Like It was stunning my growth. Because again, the, the type of work that I was allowed to do while working for someone else. I mean, I don't have any control over what jobs are handed to me. So before I went into business for myself, I said, okay, you know what? If I'm not offered a seat at the table, I'll create my own damn table. I will start my own business and I'll continue to grow as a mechanic. Not only that, but I'll allow other women who look like me or not I mean just women in
1: general right but it but um, there's an opportunity to that, Jasmine there's truth to that it's not just about getting women into the industry and that's that's a big feat in itself but getting women of color and black women into this industry i think it's massive you have this amazing opportunity to be the next level leader and Exactly what you're saying. Not only do you have the opportunity to bring women to this, but you can create a platform where it's women that look like you and that they can relate to you and create a safe space around that. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jamie. One of the reasons why I wanted to interview Jasmine is not only you are you a woman in this industry, a powerful, confident woman that has a two year old that is a single mom, but you are a woman of color. The statistics around women in the industry are incredibly low. And then when yes. you drill down further to women of color, it's such a small percentage.
0: I don't want people to feel sorry for me. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll share my experiences, but I'm by no means asking for sympathy because I deal with it so much every day to the point where I almost expect it. It's, it's just, that's just, that's just a world that we live in, with, unfortunately. With but
2: you have to keep in mind too that you don't want people to feel sorry for you. But the thing is that people are really looking up to you because you're being real.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, that needs me sympathy around it. Like, like, what do you mean by that? Like, how, because you know, I don't want people to feel like
0: I, I just I don't know. I, I don't want people to think that oh, you know, she's just using the race card. She's just pulling the race card. Or it, it's not. It's not that. I, I mean, I'm just. I'm just being real with you, like crazy. So. Um, one of the reasons why I left uh one of the first jobs, I had it in an independent shop is I, I just got so fed up because okay, y- you know, this is a Mercedes and BMW shop. So mm-hmm. it's north of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. A a wealthy part. Like Was I have never felt white I would say ninety five percent of their clientele is Caucasian. So mm-hmm. let me tell you a, a a typical day at work, customer comes in, okay greeting the customer. That's what you're supposed to do as a professional. I would be the only human being unacknowledged. Like, hello, I'm standing right here, but you'll speak to the person next to me. Yeah. I got tired of that. The owner, bless his heart. He was just, he didn't, he didn't understand. He didn't understand. Like there's no way he could understand. Yeah. He's an older white gentleman. Really, really Mm -hmm. sweet. Okay. He gave me the, he, he, opened his doors to me. He knew I didn't really know much. He's like, okay, you know, I, I could tell that you're hungry. I would teach you blah, blah. He didn't have to do that. I have so much love and respect for him, but he just simply couldn't understand.
1: It because made me bitter in a way. Yeah. I, I'm a white woman. Educate me, Jasmine. That's it. We have to have these <laughs> conversations. Seriously. We, I mean, my children are biracial. They're half black, half white, but I need educated. Do you know what I'm saying? And that these conversations help bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. So talk to me a <clears> little bit because it sounded like he was a well-intentioned man. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yes. But what did that do to you? It, it made me, you, you started to say, I started to feel bitter. Yeah. I I started to feel bitter, Jamie, but
0: that's not who I am as a person. Like my, people, people who know me know that I love, hard. Like I, I'm just a loving person. That's, that's me. That's, that's my character, man. I'll give people the shirt off my back. But when you're constantly in that environment where, you know, people just don't even acknowledge you as a human being or, or, you know, like they, they told one customer told me, well, what are you doing working on my car? You should be cooking lunch. I had stopped working on his shit. I, I couldn't.
2: Oh, I
1: went in and- hell no. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? I wish I I I don't even know why I sound surprised. It doesn't surprise me. There's so much ignorance out there. It just pisses me off. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. What did you do? I mean, you said you stopped working on the car. I stopped working on his car. car. Talked to the man. And and I pulled, yeah, I pulled the owner
0: aside. I said, look, I'm not, I'm never touching his car. You know, he, he obviously has no respect for me. And I said it in tears. And he's like, you know what, Audi, because they call me out Audi here. But he's like, you know what, Audi? That's okay. I'll deal with them. You won't ever have to touch his car. You know, just take a breather.
1: Do you know how he dealt with them? Did he share with you at all?
0: Well, he put another guy. He put his um his uh, son-in-law on the car. So he let his son his son-in-law finish the job.
1: A white man?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I was the only African American and definitely the only woman who worked there.
1: So not only were you the only woman, you were also the only African American there. That's correct. Yes. So, um, as when I have to say something, I, I have to, because this right here is what drew me to you to interview you. Do you know how courageous and brave you are to even walk into that environment? I, I mean, you said that he was gracious. He, you know, he saw you were hungry and he opened his doors to you, right? hmm Before you even walked in on that first day of work, what, what were you feeling? mm Fear, because
0: mm. I didn't know how how the other or how, or how my coworkers would. I didn't know if they would welcome me. <laughs> the customers, I didn't know how they would treat me. Treat in, in what? Treat you because of what? Well, because we know that we don't we don't you don't see many women in the shop. You, you, or if you do, they're in the front. You know, like answering the phones. You don't really see many women in the back, turn to wrenches. So. I kind of, and I, and I knew the type, I mean, with the type of cars that we repaired, I, I knew what, what type of customers I was going to have to deal with on a daily basis, but
1: I didn't. So was your I mean, anxiety being a woman in the back or was it be both being an both. woman in the back? Definitely both, both for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking like that what that was like, the the amount of courage that you had to have to walk in that first day. Because starting a new job, there's anxiety anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. I have I, so much respect for you. I appreciate it. Likewise, girl. And and I appreciate you being real with me on this. Mm-hmm. How, long, how long did you work there? Three years. Three years. It's not like you were in there six months and out the door. Mm-mm. Three years. And, and the thing is, is I, I think... This is this is important to call out. It's not that. In correct me if, if I'm misinterpreting what you're saying. This is a white man that is well intentioned,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? But it's there's still ignorance there, and and not like I said, he wasn't trying to be demeaning. He wasn't trying. to. He was trying to understand. But the reality is, is as much as us white people, let's be honest, I'm calling myself out here, try to understand. There's a level that we just never will. Because the reality is, is we're not a minority. And the only way that I can somewhat re- remotely relate to that Jasmine is the fact I'm a lesbian. And there are certain prejudices around my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Right? And and even then it's not the same. Because I can walk into a room or walk into a gas station in a predominantly rural white area and it's not like I have lesbian tattooed across my forehead. Yeah. And they went, no. But my my partner is a woman of color. She's Puerto Rican. And when we travel and go certain places, she asks me, and all she wants to do is use the restroom, but she doesn't want to go in by herself because she's afraid. Because hmm. you see the big fat Confederate flag on the back of someone's truck with their gun rack on the back of it. And she's like, I don't want to go in there by myself. Yeah. And for me, like – I have some understanding of experiencing that with her, but I just have so much respect for you, and that was so courageous of you.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: At the time, I I, I didn't care.
0: <laughs> I didn't care about anyone's opinions. I, I didn't care if they liked me or not. Like I just because again, this was what I wanted to do, and this was in my heart to do. And he gave me an opportunity. I was like, hey, I'm going to try it out, see what happens, but. I'm glad I learned a lot though in those 3 years.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well. And it's not about bashing people. That's not what you're doing. You are a woman of class. It's it's not about bashing. Kudos to you, my friend. And and I am so excited to get to know you even more. And I appreciate you, Jamie. And you know, we we need to as women band together, lock arms and say we got this. We got each other. Right. And sometimes it is just about being able to look out and see someone that looks like themselves. Mm-hmm. Did you have that?
0: <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Absolutely you you not.
1: had no one to look at. I'm, I, honestly, Connie and I were talking about this, Jasmine, where there are a lot of women in the in the industry. But the problem is it's all onesies, twosies, mm-hmm. and we're spread out all over the United States and in right. other countries. So yeah. we don't get to walk yeah. to work on a daily basis or drive into work, mm-hmm. whatever, and see a bunch of our faces. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Over the years, you know, thankfully, we're, we're seeing more, more women. But when I, again, I started Stilettos, I founded it in 2014. And at that time, I didn't, I, I, even on social media, there really weren't many women, period. You know, of course, there were bogey. And um I don't even think I I knew a Faye at the time or any of the women that I, I know now. It's just it's every blue moon mm-hmm. I would find someone on, on Instagram.
2: Yeah, people are coming out of the woodworks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. great. Yes. I love it. So let's let's revisit that. I, I loved what you said where you're like, you know what? I'm gonna go Start my own damn company. And I see a lot of that where mm-hmm. women get so frustrated because they get these shit jobs that doesn't give them the space to grow. And they get so fed up with it where they feel like the only option they have is to go out on their own. Mm-hmm.
2: I noticed that a lot of girls getting started in the industry, like they get to the third, fourth year, and then they want to like tap out and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you have to be a part of the struggle though. You got to put your struggle in, you know, and surpass all of that. But then sometimes you're still at a plateau and that's when the decision should come. You know, I'm not saying to, you know, tell you what to do or anyone what to do. That's when you make the decision to, you know, to go open your business. People think that, you know, oh, I'm a girl and female. I mean, in the industry and, you know, they're treating me unfairly, but it's just, it's, you're, you're new to the industry. This is just the industry itself. But then you have, you're a female on top of that, you know, so that adds sometimes more it's to
1: it. A lot. It is
2: a lot. I mean, yeah. um, but you do have to put your foot down eventually.
1: So you went out and started your business and you said off and on you, you focus on it since 2014. Mm -hmm. What, what have you learned through that process? So you, you launched the business in 2014 at that point, typically when you launch your business, like it's guns blazing, you know, take over the world. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like (laughs) every new business owner, like Mm -hmm. looking back now, what would you have done differently? What would I have done differently? Would you, would you have changed anything or would you have paced yourself differently or had a different business model? That's a great question. I've never thought about it because I don't, I don't think
0: I put myself out there prematurely because I, I've always had a job while operating my business. You know what I'm saying? So I was like always in that environment, like in a shop and I could apply what I'm learning to my business. So I, I don't know. I, I
1: don't know. I don't know what I would have done differently. Maybe the answer is you wouldn't have done anything differently because that's all part of the learning. That could be it too. Yeah. I think I made the best decision for me. What's what's been the most challenging part for you? Because you you talked a little bit about your family when we were at the Women in Machine event. And for some people, it's the discouragement from family. Other people, it's once they're in the industry. Walk me through like your experience. Well, when I decided
0: to change career paths, uh, my father was livid and he was harder on me anyway. I'm the only girl of six. And he, in so many words, made me feel like a complete failure. And that was discouraging. Like I, I was in a dark place anyway. I was just trying to find myself, and that didn't help. How did um,
1: How did you get through that? How did you deal with that?
0: You know what? I that was hard. It just it took time. I I was dating a guy at the time. I was actually living with with him and his him um, his family. I was living with his family at the time. And this is the the guy whose mother was an entrepreneur. So I had a lot of conversations with her. You know, again, no one in my family. Ever ran their own business or started a business. So I looked to her for guidance and mentorship. And also I, I'm i spiritual. And at that time in my life, I had to, I, I had, I don't know, I prayed more, <laughs> like not to sound cliche. I don't want to be like, Mm-mm. oh, I prayed my way through it, but I, I'm honest. I'm just, th- that's what saved me. I just, if I was just so lost, I was just so lost. I, it, there, there were so many things going wrong in my life at that time. But to answer your question, Jamie, my faith and a loved ones mm-hmm. are the, the, what I leaned on at that time. Do, do you feel that
1: your family, your father turned his
0: back on you? Well, the crazy thing is that my, my biological father was not around for most of my life. But for some reason, I wanted his stamp of approval.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I didn't, I felt like I failed him as a child. And again, this is at a, this isn't a, a time where I didn't know about entrepreneurship. And I feel like that was the only option was to, my only option was to pursue engineering. So I felt like I failed myself. And I mean, fast forward, he's ridiculously proud of me, but at that time, I, I just, I didn't know.
1: <laughs> I didn't have the answer. <laughs>
0: It was hard. It's
1: so relatable. Mm. Connie's over here shaking Mm. her head, right? Like, yeah. And we've, there was even some women at the Women in Machine event that expressed Mm. how they weren't feeling supported by family members. They're actually being discouraged by family members, trying to talk them out of getting into the industry. And I know that you would talk to some of them and you Mm. have a very powerful story around that. It's it's amazing. So uh, go ahead.
0: Another thing I wanted to add, Jamie, at the time, I didn't have much family here. At the time I was living in Georgia, my mother and stepfather moved back to Mississippi. So I didn't really have a lot of relatives here. That's why I was living with my ex-boyfriend and his family. Now, my mother, of course, op- opened her doors. My father did not. Okay, But my mother opened her doors and I I knew that by moving back there, um, not to not to knock my hometown. I, I love you know where I grew up, but there are and that's where way more opportunities. No. This is a small town in Mississippi. Okay, got it. Can
1: you name the town?
0: It's called West Point. Yes. West Point, Mississippi. Got it. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I knew that I I felt in my heart if I were to move back, I would be taking a larger leap backwards. I felt that by staying in Georgia, I knew that there are more opportunities for me. I just didn't know what they were, but, (laughs) but, but I, I didn't want to move back because I I felt like I knew I, like, I was just trying to find out what my purpose was. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but I knew that by staying in Georgia, I was much closer to fulfilling that than if I were to move back. Yeah.
2: No, sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. No, no, That's why I I stayed. um,
2: Yeah. I can totally relate because I grew up in Virginia and literally it was just a bad cycle of home life and the neighborhood I was in and just the whole environment. And I wanted to break that cycle first starting by wanting to be a police officer, but then I got into the industry and I was like, I don't want to be a police officer. I still do. But, uh, I I just found a passion. I stumbled upon it, but then realizing that there was nothing in Virginia and I took the opportunity to just travel across the country and go to Colorado, even though I've never been there before, but the company Mm -hmm. was paying for it. And I was like, well, this is, there's going to be better opportunities in Virginia. And I, you know, my whole family's in Virginia. I don't want to go back. There's, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there's nothing there for me, but there's better opportunities. You just got to take advantage of it. And if that's relocating, yeah. then that's relocating.
1: Yep. It's very courageous mm-hmm. and it's terrifying. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, at, at that point, was your daughter born? No, she wasn't. Okay. So you're still on your own. You didn't mm-hmm. have a little, little, little person at that point. Right wow, I'm just, I'm processing right now and being there with you. Like that would be terrifying. And I I equate that what you're describing your relationship with your father. And it kind of reminds me of my relationship with my grandfather, super close to my grandfather. I wrote a book about him. It's Mm. called Grandpa's Wisdom where it's just all these like things that he taught me growing up that I just logically understood what he said, but I didn't Mm. get it emotionally yet. He never yelled at me. But my biggest fear in life was disappointing him
2: mm-hmm.
1: and feeling like I let him down or failed him in some way. And that—that's kind of what you described with your father.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I'm just curious: how? To, what are those conversations like? How did that kind of evolve? Did he eventually come around, or he eventually
0: came around because he knew that I was not changing my mind. I had my mind made up. This is this is my life, you know. I love you, dad. However, I have to live my life for me. And this is, this is what makes me happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Eventually he got it. Mm-hmm. It, it. He understood that I wasn't planning to, to pursue this temporarily. No, this is, I'm here to stay. <laughs> like what automotive.
1: That, what do you think the turning point for him was just the fact that he realized it wasn't changing or was there something that happened where he's like, wow, she is the real deal or wow. I, I you know,
0: <laughs> I think the turning point for him was when I launched Deletto's garage, maybe he realized then and there that I was really damn serious about it It's awesome <laughs> um <laughs> he didn't know anyone to start a business, and he he understood it takes a lot to not only launch it but to to invest the time it takes to you know. There's a lot involved in starting a business. There is. It's not a nine to five. It's a 24 seven. It is. Totally. uh, Yeah. But uh, I think that was the turning point for him.
1: That is so powerful for you, Jasmine. What has been the biggest obstacle or challenge that you've faced in this industry? Mm.
0: I am extremely hard on myself. So I get in my own way all the time. It it really bothers me when I don't have the answers to a certain question. Like and it's funny because when people people meet me, they're like, Well, Jazz, you come off as so confident. But I, I mean I'm just like everyone else. Like I have insecurities and I doubt myself a lot. And I'm not the greatest at time management. I'm with
1: you, sister. Yeah. <laughs> My partner makes fun of me all the time. She's like, You cannot fit eighty things in an hour. <laughs> I don't know what you think you can do. With the an hour. I'm like, what are you talking about? We can totally do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know.
0: I'm super. I'm super hard on myself, but I don't know if I'll ever. Like, I think I'll always be that way. I don't know. Like, I, girl, I don't even know how to fix that. <laughs> I don't know,
1: girl. Don't know we are. Connie and I are sitting there. It's like we're with you. <laughs> <laughs> We just need to get out of our own damn way.
0: Yeah. And I, and I just, I, I, well, we know it's it's the pressure that.
1: <laughs> just say it. Stop holding back. Just, just say it. it. Just <laughs> say it. Let's get real. We're here together.
0: I just, I, I've always been the hardest working technician in the room or like the the hardest worker in the room rather, because I know people are going to look at me and say, okay, you don't, you don't really look like a mechanic or, you know, you, you're the way you carry yourself. You shouldn't do this. You know what I'm saying? Like I I have to work twice as hard and nobody gave me a damn thing. Like I I have to, I have to earn, I had to earn everything that I have. So I am extremely hard on myself because I want to be the best mechanic and I want to be the best woman and the best mother that I can be.
1: Amen. Cheers to that, my (laughs) friend. I mean, very well said.
2: Now does your parents do they support you a hundred percent now?
1: Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, they do. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they've okay. attended I've had I've had clinics in the past and they've come to show their support. So
1: nice. Talk and about they, your clinics a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Tell the listeners about the clinics you do. All
0: right. So <laughs> um every now and then I will um I'll hold a a workshop for women it's called women whips and wine so the objective oh
1: whoa whoa. slow down say it again because that's total badassery right there please say it again Uh, so
0: women whips and wine is a car you like wine but i want to join
1: whips and wine are you kidding me that is total badass
0: y'all are funny (laughs) uh, (laughs) Like so, yeah, we we hold the workshops in a in a repair shop. We have wine and refreshments and we'll have some some basic, you know, car parts, but I want the ladies to feel comfortable asking any question. I let them know this is a safe space. No question is a dumb question. Let's just let our hair down and talk cars. Like tell me about an incident where you felt taken advantage of and we learn from each other. Like that the point of it. I want the ladies to feel comfortable when they enter a dealership, or when they go in a repair shop, or they know how to describe certain symptoms, or they have an idea of what it could be. I am just empowering women; gives me so much joy.
2: I, Amen. You're talking to the right people. Here, here, <laughs> here.
1: So, what are you, what are you hearing at those events? What are you hearing from the women? Hmm.
0: I hear women have come to me and said, "I wish." I could do that. What you do? Like I, I, it, it, I hear, I hear cries for help. <laughs> like um, not just, you know, Oh, I'm lost. I don't know anything about my car, but some women would love someone to take the time to show them like the sense. basics. Yeah. Or I mean, they they could be stay at home mothers, you know, the husband's out at work. They don't have the time or they can even be discouraged by their their partners, you know, family, friends, but they they want to they want to give it a shot. So I, I mean, they know that when they're with me in these clinics, look if if you want to know how to if you want to know how to change your oil, then let's set up a date. Let's let's do this together. I actually did that with, or well, we're friends now, but I did that with a, a young lady before that I met at a clinic. She wanted me to show her how to change her oil, and we did it together. I walked her through it on our Audi.
1: Um, so cool. Jasmine. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. I,
0: I, I just, I, I get a thrill from knowing that I made a difference in her life. (laughs) So now she, yeah, like she, she's empowered because she texted me like six months after that, about about six seven months later, And she's like, "Well, you know, while you were ex- explaining how to do it, um, I was I recorded you, and I also made notes in my app, and I went ahead and bought the filter and the oil and the funnel, and oh, I'm, aren't you proud of me?" I just so <laughs> awesome. she did it by herself.
2: That means cool a lot. I man. mean, because <laughs> I remember you were just you were just saying how that like even spouses don't support because I can relate to that because my ex. He, when I had went to see him for the first time, he mm-hmm. was so mad because he's like, you're living my dream. I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, already seen the signs of us not being together, but yeah. mm-hmm. uh, there's a reason why there's an X in there. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it means a lot when mm-hmm. women are able to lean on another woman's shoulder and, you know, inspire that. And now she's forever going to change her own oil. <laughs>
1: Right. And show other people. Right, right. (laughs) And that's next level, Jasmine. Like I've I've seen people put on clinics, but you didn't just put on, she maybe attended a clinic, but you actually went there with her shoulder to shoulder and did it with her because the real learning happens not when they're watching, Mm -hmm. but when they're actually literally getting in there and getting their hands dirty. Right. Hands on. Right. Yep. And that's that next step that often is not taken, and and not because anyone's being malicious. It's just it's time. We got to practice what we preach. Yeah, for <laughs> it's, sure. It's taking the time and and you know dropping that pebble in the in the pond. That's it's extremely powerful. I I love that. I have to ask a question about this. The the name. Yeah, how did you come up with that? That's so badass, really. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I didn't know what
0: the hell to call it because I, I just knew I wanted ladies, I wanted wine, I wanted cars. Okay, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> what can I, what can, what can be like catchy, something memorable, short, sweet? Okay, women. So I went down the W's, I was like, okay, okay, women, wine. Let me come up with a, a word to describe a car. Okay, whips, okay, boom. But, but. I'm not gonna lie it took it took a it took a while to come up with that and it took a while to come up with my company name too
2: <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> clever as well
1: I saw that and I'm like mm, damn that's pretty
2: clever yeah, <laughs> yeah we have a uh, uh, we just started last year at SEma to get all the girls together to have a dinner mm-hmm. and uh, twiggy was one who wanted to do it with me she's a welder up in Canada phenomenal mm-hmm. girl but um we were trying to figure out what to call it and so we're like Babes, trades and tacos because that's what we was oh. going to be at a ta- Pete taco, so <laughs> and that's what we called it. Babes, trades and tacos, and it was awesome. I love it. That's so cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hell, I would go. That
0: sounds
2: amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we <laughs> plan on doing it again, so we'll, yeah. we'll stay. Yeah, we'll we'll be posting about it.
1: I tell you what, Jasmine, I think we are ready to launch into the red line round. And what the red line round is, is a series of five questions, rapid fire questions, no right or wrong answer, and whatever pops into your head first is the right answer. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry?
0: There's not just one person. (laughs) Share share them all. (laughs) Bogie for sure. Faye Hadley. Erica Tiffany Smith and she's a good friend of mine who works at Audi. Patrice Banks. Okay, that's
1: all I have for now. (laughs) Those (laughs) those are the the top four. Those are are definitely powerhouse women right there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone could argue against that list. Now, have you had a chance to meet all of them? Yes, I have. That's (laughs) so much fun. Isn't that fun, rubbing elbows with women like that? Mm. Oh, yeah. And being
2: able to call them your friend.
1: Oh, where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck on a project? I take advantage
0: of forums, all data, all data, di- diagnostic
1: software. Right on. What forums do you typically go to?
0: Uh, honestly, I, I will. I'll Google the concern on that particular model and see if I can find any any. I, I do my research. So if I find any forums that's related to that, I'll read up on it. Um, all data is very useful for that as well, for that purpose. Definitely use my my network as, again, I have a lot of friends in automotive. I've called a couple of the shop owners I worked with in the past for advice. Yeah, it's just, there's too many resources for, for me, you know, I, and I take advantage of them all. <laughs> Makes sense. Jasmine, what excites you most about what you do? What excites me most? The fact that I'm helping someone or or being in a position to help people and inspire people, inspire people who once thought that, that this wouldn't be possible or if it wasn't an option for them. Cause I've been there. What else excites, you know what my daughter, um, <laughs> that's so what she, I'm
1: talking about. <laughs> what does she this think girl. about what mom? Does? <laughs> oh my God. She's wait. first she of all, is, what's
0: your daughter's name? Her name is Jada. Jada. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, this girl is oh, she just brings me so much joy. So she has so many toys. Okay. Dolls, blocks. But you know what her favorite toys are? Do tell. Cars. <laughs> Sorry, cars. <laughs> so when when she sees me outside, when I'm when I'm working on on my little three series, I have an older BMW. So when I'm working on my car, she's peeking over my shoulder. She's picking up tools. She's handing me tools. It is the cutest thing.
1: Starting me out. And
0: yeah, it's just oh yeah. So I'm excited to see that.
1: That that is so cool. <laughs> and if you haven't listened already. Pop on the podcast. There's two podcasts that are recorded, one with Victoria and one with Ava. So mm-hmm. she can hear other little girls that sounds just like her talking about cars. Oh. So there's I did two interviews, two different ones. Once the Victoria, seven year olds from Hawaii. Ava, I think, is from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, Ava's Mopar moments, and she can hear a little girl that sounds just like her talking about cars mm-hmm. and telling her that, even
2: if she doesn't understand yet. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I she, love it. She can hear someone that's mm-hmm. that sounds like her, exactly, yeah. which is super cool. And who knows? Maybe in the next couple of years, she'll end up on the podcast with, Two years. yeah, <laughs> with mom talking about <laughs> cars. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so awesome. It, it is awesome. <laughs> so, just to recap on that, what excites you most is working with your daughter mm-hmm. on your car. <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard. And that is so cool. I could hear it in your voice, Jasmine. Like, <laughs> I, I could hear you smiling.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. I heard your heart smile. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I yeah. love it. I love it. What is a personal habit or practice? that has helped you significantly in this industry when you feel stuck or unsupported or discouraged? I mean, I, I pep talk myself a lot. <laughs> okay. Which, yeah. What's your best pep talk, Jasmine? <laughs> you Cossette yourself. Do you whisper sweet nothings oh. to yourself or what, what does your pep talk sound like?
0: I just, I, I tell myself that at the end of the day, it's just nuts and bolts. It's just nuts and bolts, girl. You got this. You could, you could do this.
2: (laughs) That is awesome.
1: (laughs) Car. (laughs) It's just a car. (laughs) It's just nuts and bolts. Oh my god, I love that. Mm -hmm. I I can totally see you up under the hood, like (laughs) ready to just cuss this car out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Be like the machine, Jasmine. I got this. (laughs) It's just nuts and bolts. Yep. God, we maybe that's another hashtag. It's just nuts and bolts. <laughs> it's just nuts and bolts, ladies. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it, Jess. <laughs> and finally, what's your parting advice to other femcanics finding their way in this industry? If you're waiting
0: for the perfect time, um, the perfect opportunity, sometimes it never comes. You have to take it. Like if I waited for, I don't know, if I, if I waited to have every ASC possible before I went into business for myself. I mean, there's no telling, like, I don't know, I I may have gotten discouraged or probably would have changed paths and been unhappy, but I, I followed my passion and I'm so glad I did because life is too short to be unhappy and it's too short to live for other people. So I made the best decision by doing what I want to do. And then eventually everyone else came around because they knew that this this makes me feel good.
1: How would you sum that up for other women? You you have five young women looking at you as a mentor. Mm-hmm. What do you say to them?
0: I would say, honestly, just believe in yourself because know, know that you're going you're gonna to fail, but you have to pick yourself up and keep going mm-hmm. because that's part of the journey. That's how you learn.
1: Love it. Dust yourself off and keep trying. Dust yourself <laughs> off. Yes. Where and how can people connect with you, Jasmine?
0: Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, um, at stilettos garage and, uh, websites at
1: stilettos.com and that's spelled S-T-E-E-L-E-T-T-O-S. Nice. And I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Jasmine, thank you so much for being in the driver's seat today and taking a chance with sitting down and having a conversation with me. I know you're a little nervous about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate you trusting me to go on this little podcast journey with me and share your story with the canic community. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. My absolute pleasure,
0: truly. My name is Jasmine of Stiletto's Garage, and I am a canic.
1: Ariel Huff is in the driver's seat next. She is a high school auto shop teacher. Her skills are engine building, customizing, body work, transmission, rebuilds, wiring, brakes, and pinstriping, all on old cars. Be sure to tune in. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, femcanicGarage.com for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a Femcanic?